You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. We're in this section of guidelines for studying the way titled, What You Should Know for Practicing Zen. And where we stopped last time, Dogen said, without, uh, he said, brilliance is not primary. Understanding is not primary. Conscious endeavor is not primary. Introspection is not primary. Without using any of these, harmonize body and mind and enter the Buddha way. That's where we pick up. Old man Shakyamuni said, Avalokiteshvara turns the stream inward and disregards knowing objects. We have to think about this for a minute. Avalokiteshvara, this is the embodiment of compassion, compassionate action. Avalokiteshvara turns the stream inward and disregards knowing objects. If you're like me, the first time you read this, you hear the word inward, and it sounds like maybe there's some, some kind of introspection. There's something, there's something internal here. But this is about subject and object dissolving. If you turn a stream inward, then there's no... It's not a stream, right? Streams go from this place to this place. They have an A and they have a B. They have a beginning and they have an end. If you turn a stream so that that's no longer the case, right? You have something else. You have some, you have, you have a moat, right? It doesn't start here and end here. It doesn't take you to some place that you're not now. If you throw a leaf into that stream, in a few minutes, it will go right past you again. This is very much in line with what Dogen is saying. He says, that is the meaning Separation between the two aspects of activity and stillness simply does not arise. This is harmonizing. And note, he does not say that under the following conditions or when you're doing certain things or if you attain a certain level, then separation between activity and stillness does not arise. He says... A separation between activity and stillness simply does not arise, period. So if we perceive that it does, we're wrong, period. Always.
We want to imagine that this practice is a kind of kind of wrapping or a kind of case or a kind of box for some sort of truth. Right? This is a container. And that if we cut through that, or if we peel it back, or if we open it up, or if we find the key, ta-da, something is revealed. We're imagining that these two things are separate. But it isn't like that. And we want that everywhere. This is why stuffed crust pizza exists. Because we want to cut into something and find something else. That's special. That's exciting. Right? That's why we have uh, Tootsie Roll Pops. And it's why we have Cracker Jack boxes. There's a reward. If you go to the center, you get a reward. Zen is nothing like this. And when I say Zen, I'm speaking of the tradition, but I'm also just using it in that way we use it to mean things that are true. Zen isn't like a stuffed crust pizza. It's like a stick of butter. On the outside, it's butter. And on the inside, it's butter. No matter what shape, you, you make with it, it's still butter. If you melt it, it's butter. If you put it in one of those spray things that they used to sell, it's still butter. Always. And the truth of this practice, the power of this practice, the, the integrity of this practice, is when you stop digging through it to find something else, and you start to reconcile yourself to the fact that, oh, it's always going to be this. And whether you like butter or not means nothing in this because it's inescapable. This is your life. No matter where you turn, your life is still your life. No matter what you do, no matter what practice you take up, no matter what big idea you have, If anyone could enter the Buddha way by means of brilliance or broad knowledge, then the senior monk Shengzhu would have done, been the one. If anyone of ordinary appearance or humble position were excluded from the Buddha way, how could Hui Neng become the sixth ancestor? It is clear that the Buddha's way transmission lies outside brilliance and broad knowledge. Search and find out. Reflect and practice. And the tradition is full of these stories. The great scholars who did not get it, and the ordinary people who did. It doesn't mean that one is excluded and one is not. It doesn't mean that the scholars are, you know, they miss their boat by reading too much. He's saying that's not the point. The thing that you think is a precondition for this is not the point. Whatever you think it is, you're wrong. 
and you're making an excuse. Being old or decrepit does not exclude you. Decrepit is harsh. Being quite young or in your prime does not exclude you. Although Zhao Zhou first studied when he was over 60, he became a man of excellence in the ancestral lineage. Zheng's daughter had already studied long by the time she was 13 and she was outstanding in the monastery. The power of Buddha Dharma is revealed depending on whether or not there is effort and is distinguished depending on whether or not it is practiced. And here we just have to clarify that again, effort does not mean the burrowing. There's not a reward. The effort is the practice. There's no gap. Those who have studied sutras a long time and those who are accomplished in secular texts all should study at a Zen monastery. There have been many examples of this. Put in more maybe applicable terms. Because we're not all going to go train in a Zen monastery. This just means practice. Actually, practice. If you're interested in Zen, engage in Zen training. Don't just read about it. Don't just think about it. Don't just talk about it. Engage. Somehow, engage. To understand Dharma and attain the way can only be the result of studying with a teacher. However, when practicing and inquiring of a teacher, listen to his words without matching them with your previous views. If you understand his words in terms of your own views, you will not be able to grasp his teaching. When you practice with a teacher and inquire about Dharma, clear body and mind, still the eyes and ears and just listen and accept the teaching without mixing in any other thoughts. Your body and mind will be one, a receptacle ready to be filled with water. Then you will certainly receive the teaching. This is so hard. This is one of the hardest, hardest things. We listen to what someone says and we measure it. If, it. if the person agrees with what we already believe, we embrace it and absolutely nothing changes. And if we disagree with what the person says, then we ignore it and absolutely nothing changes. If you think about it, and maybe it's not hard to think about, you probably have a moment or two that you can easily recall in which someone said something that you did not expect that was jarring and at the same time was completely true. It somehow, it, 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 it was timed right. You didn't know that was going to happen and it went past all your filters and something shifted for you and you said, oh! Often it's something about ourselves. I still remember a time when my brother 
turned to me after he was, he was telling me about something he was interested in. And, and I was listening, but I was kind of teasing him about it while I was listening. And he said, you're dismissive of everything. And it was like a spear through my heart, not because what he had said was so harsh, but because what he had said was completely true. And I knew it. I had no idea that was coming. And it shook my foundations. It made me rethink everything I was doing and everything I was saying, at least for a while. <laughs> Let's be honest. I wish I could say I had held that better. I had the experience just the other day of speaking with a Dharma teacher on the phone. And, and she was so impressive to me. This was someone I'd never met, someone I'd never spoken with. And I came away thinking, this person's amazing. And honestly, I think she is. But I also know that much of my assessment had to do with the fact that she was saying things that I say. <laughs> but she was saying them in kind of a different way. And I thought, that's so cool. We agree. Sad. That's really sad. For some people, their own views are primary. They open a sutra, memorize a word or two, and consider this to be Buddha Dharma. Later, when they visit with an awakened teacher or a skilled master and hear the teaching, if it agrees with their own view, they consider the teaching right. And if it does not agree with their old fixed standards, they consider his words wrong. He says, is it not sad? Students should know. Really listen to this. Students should know that the Buddha way lies outside thinking, analysis, prophecy, introspection, knowledge, and wise explanation. One more time. The Buddha way lies outside thinking, analysis, prophecy, introspection, knowledge, and wise explanation. And here's where he gets you. If the Buddha way were in these activities, wouldn't you have realized the Buddha way by now? <laughs> because from the time of your birth, you have perpetually been involved in these activities. If the truth of it comes from thinking, if the truth of it comes from staring at yourself and any one of these other things, wouldn't you have gotten it by now? This hurts. We come to something like this and we're holding our toolbox. Like these are my tools. And we open it up as if somehow this time they'll work. And Dogen here says, don't, don't even start. Don't kid yourself. It's not like that. It's not something that you can pick apart and put back together. It's not a toaster, right? 
where you can unscrew the bottom and then look at it and say, oh, it's this, right? It isn't something where you stay up really late one night and you have a lot of caffeine and you're really focused and it all comes together for you. It isn't inspiration. It's just doing it, whatever it is. Every one of these things that he lists is a way of standing outside of your life so that you can look at it. As if you're a witness to your own reality. As if you are a character in your own movie. Students of the way should not employ thinking, analysis, or any such thing. Though thinking and other activities perpetually beset you, if you examine them as you go, your clarity will be like a mirror. So he's saying, notice when you do this. Notice when you start stepping back. Notice when your engagement shifts from being actual to just being mental. Feel that distance and say, no, I'm not going to do that. Not this time. The way to enter the gate is mastered only by a teacher who has attained Dharma. It cannot be reached by priests who have studied letter. That's the end. To me, this, maybe more than any other part of this text, feels like Dogen, you know, maybe he's been watching us. Maybe he's been watching us at a party a little bit, or he's been listening to how we talk with our friends. And he finally says, hey, come here. And he pulls us in the back and he says, sit down. Let me tell you how it is. It's, it's really raw. It's not only you're doing it wrong. It's you're doomed to do this wrong forever unless you wake up. And again, we have to be so careful because as I say that, it sounds like, like I'm saying that there's this practice that we're doing and that if we do it right, then there's candy at the center. And if we walk away with that, then we got the whole thing wrong. It's to just simply be with how things are, to be with what things actually are and to touch them. Without a filter, without gloves, without expectation, without judgment, without disappointment. This is real. And that's where I'll stop. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, 
please visit zennovascotia.com.